0: Welcome to The Media Coach, a podcast designed to build your business and your brand. Today, I'm so lucky to have with me Chantel Gregory Hunt. Chantel is an agent growth specialist and a prospecting expert, and the very proud director of Client Collective. Her company is set up dedicated to managing agent phone calls and essentially opening more doors for agents so they can close more sales. Today, she joins me to discuss the phone call strategy you need and the essential dialogue that will increase your conversations into conversions. Sean, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, I'm so excited to be here with you on the podcast. Sean, I've always really personally hated the term prospecting. I find it really cringeworthy and it's just gross. I've always preferred the term creating conversations in your marketplace, but I guess there really is an art to creating a conversation with someone, isn't there?
1: Yes, 100%. Um, like you were saying, creating conversations is a great term. Another great term that I really love is relationship building. And that's the whole goal that we try and work with, with the databasing.
0: 100%. So, Sean, for our listeners out there who may not have met you before or know about the Client Collective, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you became an Elite Lead Specialist? Yeah, Absolutely. So my background is in real estate
1: industry with over 15 years experience across, I guess, a various, uh, various different roles within the industry. But within the past five years, my, I guess, specialty and area of interest has been in databasing relationship building. And that's all stemmed from, like I say, about five years ago, just really having a hugely eye-opening um, experience with some um, deep dives we did on databases um, at the huge amount of missed opportunity there is within agents' databases.
0: And so I guess now what you do day in, day out is focus on really delivering great appraisal and listing leads to clients through world-class conversations that your team make. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the appraisals and listings naturally come out of the course Emmy, but the biggest key focus is that Nurturing and relationship building aspect. And the reason for that is we can send, you know, appraisal uh, opportunities. Obviously, listings are different. We want 100% want those, but appraisal opportunities, um, we can send them through, send them through. But if they're not nurtured and looked after, then they won't convert. So we really work with our clients to make sure that we're loving all over the database so that we get conversions at the end of the day.
0: So, look, John, obviously, I work in social media and digital branding, but I'm a big believer that, you know, marketing and branding work in combination, not isolation. And part of that means regular phone calls. And what I wanted to provide today to my listeners was super value on how to dominate your marketplace through world-class phone calls and the conversations and dialogues you need to be using. So let's get started right there. Tell me, you want to increase your listings, you want to increase your sales, you want to triple your real estate business, you want to become a million dollar agent, you want to become an attraction agent, what are the calls that you need to be making? So I'd love to just start off by saying I
1: 100% agree with you that they work hand in hand. And, And that is such an important point because you can do socials, you can do calls, you can do any type of marketing in isolation but if we're not layering that it's really not going to have the impact so with regards to the phone calls I mean the list is obviously endless I mean we could I could go on all day and you'd (laughs) kick me off um, with the types of calls to make but the ones I love to start with are I guess results they're really an impactful call within the marketplace people it's relevant to clients so they love hearing about it Um, And it's also really great because it's an easy thing to talk about for the agent. It's a great result. They're happy to talk about it. It's good information and people want to hear about it. So that's usually where we'd start. And and we look at, um, I guess, the database and the nurturing as a bit of a system in terms of if it hasn't been looked after before, where to start. And that's where we kick off. It really builds trust and gives evidence to the clients and the agent's capacity capability to be able to do the job. And obviously, from there there's calls, the list goes on. you know, your direct appraisal calls, uh, anniversary calls. Um, like I say, just list is just sold. There's a, a hundred different ways you can ask for the appraisal. I love a call, 12 months post-appraisal to say, "Hey, you had an appraisal 12 months ago. It's time for an update." Um, and basically, you can book it straight in the back, but then you can go on to auction invites, open home invitations. Like I say, the list is endless.
0: It really is. And I guess it's the call that's going to get you the cut through the most. You know, Sean, I often have a really big giggle because there's, you know, agents get upset when other people use their sale results, right? But the reality is the industry's done it for years. And one of the things I've seen is agents get upset when other people promote their sales on social media, which I actually find funny because at least it's transparent that they're doing it. And so when you're talking about result-based calls, are you just talking about the agents or of the market? 100% of the market.
1: So of course, calling around your own listings is a must do. Um, But I would totally agree with you. We should be calling around other agents' listings. And we would never call or I wouldn't ever recommend calling saying, you know, we've just sold this. Um, The market is too smart and savvy nowadays to, to know that that's, you know, not always the case. But there's a tactful way of delivering it saying hey we just want to update you with what's going on in your marketplace and i mean you'll be surprised to know how many people aren't telling their market about their sales so often the first time they've heard about it is from the opposition so those calls
0: are so so worthwhile Well, Sean, in marketing, it's called the value proximity, right? And so what that is, the concept that we're always going to be interested in something that's close by to us. You know, if a man's just died at the beach, you don't really care. But if the man's died at your local beach, you really become interested in it because it's close to you. It's relevant. It creates impact. And that's why something like, I guess, a good old just soul call is so important There's really key dialogue that can change your conversion and I've obviously been seeing some of the results that you've delivered, which are just outstanding. Tell me a little bit about how that call should go and some of the key dialogue that you should use. The first thing is just making sure you know what you're talking about when you call. And you and
1: I've discussed this um, previously, but the law of because is is exactly where we want to start with any phone call, whether it be Just Listed, Just Sold, open home invites, direct appraisal calls, you know, whatever the call is, making sure you know why you're calling is the first key ingredient. And the other thing I would say is to listen for clues on the call. So something I really love in a Just Sold call, so you say, um, hi, John, I'm just giving you a quick call to let you know about a sale at 123 Smith Street. Uh, We just wanted to let you know uh, about that that result, had did, have you happened to see that one at all? And that's our first, I guess, the first clue that we want to get from John. If he says yes, he has seen that. Is it because we dropped it in his mailbox? Is it because he saw the sold sign? Or is it perhaps because he's actually keeping an eye on the market? And so, if he did say yes or no, I guess there is whatever he says isn't really relevant. We'd still go on to say, you know, well, we won't we won't bore you with all the details, but here's the. Um, I guess exciting parts, so I would obviously talk about number of buyers through, um, if it was a street record or an exceptional result or X dollars over reserve, whatever the key elements are that is worthwhile letting John know about. And then we want to go on to say, you know have you seen any others around at the moment, John? Or we'll try and basically, all we're trying to do here is try and get an idea of has John been watching the market? because if he has there's a likelihood that he's doing something and there's one other um question that basically on any phone call we will always chuck in on it at the end which is john before i let you go have you got any thoughts on buying or selling in the next 12 months could be six months or you might say before christmas or this side of christmas um and listen and then be quiet silence after that and we all know he who speaks first um, so ask the question and then be quiet and you'll be surprised at how much we get out of that last question so John would likely say then ah uh, yeah to be honest no I'm not thinking of doing anything in the next 12 months you know maybe two years down the track or he might go mm, you know what no no I'm not but that hesitation is enough for me to want to dig deeper on that call
0: It's a clue, right? Like it's instant. You instantly know that John has some sort of inkling that he may be watching the property market. I mean, fundamentally, the law of because is so important. You know, I'm calling you because. So guys, if you don't know what the law of because is, I literally live by it and I know Sean does. Look it up. It's this concept that we do or we action a prospecting or creating conversation call through a reason there's a law of because there is a reason I'm contacting you I'm contacting you because and it's how every single one of your phone calls should start before jumping into that information the other thing that I love about there Sean was the idea that you didn't instantly give away the sale price ask the questions and that was such a key one that you said there One of the other ones that I've used is, you know, would you be interested in knowing how much it's sold for? And then wait. Never just deliver that price. And that's one of the biggest things I love about you. What about like a direct appraisal call? What could they be saying on that call? Imi, that's
1: such a good point what you've just said. And it has just made me think of, um, sorry, before we jump into the direct appraisal, it has just made me think of another, I guess, key thing to keep in mind or something to try out as well when you're ready to go and make any call it's really really good to say what you're going to say out loud before you make the call because I'm writing scripts day in day out and I will write it and send it through to the team and they'll say Sean I can't I can't say this it's got text and you I'm talking for 30 seconds before the client's even got a chance to take a breath or hear what my name is and so I always now will Read that script out loud before I shoot it through to them, um, because it just gives you a really good insight to how the flow of the call is going to happen, and especially with the intro, exactly what you were talking about. Um, so that's definitely a good tip to to sort of make sure you read that out loud before you jump into the calls. With regards to the uh, appraisal calls, direct appraisals, there's like we said earlier, you you know a thousand ways you could go about this, but a script or a, or a target that I love, which sounds so so cheesy and everyone's going to say i've heard this a thousand times but with over 14,000 phone calls our team did last month i can tell you no matter how cheesy it is i promise this works <laughs> um the agent's going to be in your street the target is to say hi john it's John i'm calling from IMI's team at xyz real estate how are you today Dawn, I just wanted to give you a quick call as Emmy's going to be out in Smith Street next Wednesday and Thursday. And she wanted me to reach out to you and see if you'd be interested in her popping by and giving you an update while she's out there. Now, the key points with this and, and what we've seen happen most of the time in the past or even you know when I was selling, I would try this is by saying which street she's going to be in or you might say Smith Street and neighboring streets, but by being really direct about where they're going to be, where the agent's going to be, And what day, not just in your area in the next coming weeks or in the next few weeks, by being really specific about where they're going to be and what day they're going to be there. It's a game
0: changer for the results
1: and for the interest from the client.
0: You know what? It's actually not surprising to me at all that that's the best call because, I mean, it's what's called social proof. And again, if we bring it back to proximity in marketing, we're all interested in what's going on in our area and we're all interested in what's happening close by. So when you use something like social proof in your phone dialogue, you're going to instantly rapidly drive up the conversions because that person's going to be, oh, well, that's happening on my street. You're also providing that value that other people are doing it. You know, one of the things I always like constantly try and encourage my clients to say, you know, I'm actually visiting a few neighbors uh, tomorrow and next Thursday. Would you be interested in me popping by yours and just giving you an update like theirs? Because you're actually paralleling somebody else doing a similar thing. And that kind of brings in this fear of missing out because if others are doing it, why shouldn't I do it too? So that's definitely a game changer one. One of the things that I really think is so important with an agent is the, your tone, you know, like what tone you use when you have conversations. You really need to have strong, happy, energetic tone. What, what would you say about that, Sean?
1: 100%. I think tone is so, so important. And I'm sure we've all had experiences. I know ones that stick out to me is, you know, you go for a coffee at, at, at the cafe And your waitress comes over and they've got no energy and you think, oh, my gosh, you're actually making my day feel worse. And I just want some, you know, positivity. Or on the flip side, you go in and you order your coffee and you're greeted by the most bubbly, beautiful person that just starts your day off on the right tone. You just think, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I came here to this place because that person, you know, fried up my day. And that's how we want to leave clients feeling on the call. And, you know, sometimes I guess a real estate call it's not always going to be to that extent it's not like you're getting your coffee your most enjoyable coffee for the day Um, but there's definitely a huge huge difference that tone can make uh, to the call so there's definitely key things that I work with our team to make sure when they're making the calls that they deliver it with energy and tone and enthusiasm and it makes just such a huge difference so I'm sure you know we've all heard this one before but my team are probably if they listen to this they'll be fuming because they're absolutely sick of me raving on about it all the time but the importance of smiling so if you smile before you pick up the phone and make the phone call it makes an incredible difference to how the phone call comes across how you sound on the phone it's just an absolute game changer Um, so that's the first thing I would say about that Another great idea, and people will probably cringe to hear this, but record yourself and listen to it. It's such an eye-opener to hear how you sound and to hear the difference that some depth can put into the call. And you might sound, um, you might feel as though you're overdoing it by adding the different tones in into your calls, but it honestly makes such a big difference. So having energy, being enthusiastic, and honestly, I mean, the key thing is if you have to, just fake it because it's, you know, when you're on the phone, it's almost like acting. it just, you have to fake the energy and fake the enthusiasm.
0: A lot of my listeners probably don't know, but I actually used to be a newsreader and I used to have to record myself. And I don't think there's many people that like listening to themselves back, but it's so important that you do kind of listen to the way that you sound on the phone because it can really change that person's you know, feelings towards you and their impact on the delivery is going to ultimately change if they say yes or no. And, you know, when I used to record myself and obviously being a newsreader, you have to have tone and intonation and the way that you deliver things is so, so important. But one of the things that I used to, you know, when I was a younger news journalist, I used to kind of increase my pitch at the end. (laughs) because i used to get a little bit nervous so i'd be rushing on to my next bulletin and that was one thing i found like maybe when you can listen to yourself take a listen and say do i sound a little bit scratchy at some points or do i sound a little bit nervous there and be your best friend because cold calls and things like that they're not easy to do i think it's so important that you do take that and you say well Am I going up a little bit too high at the end? And does that make me sound nervous about what I'm asking? Because often we'll get to that question. Would you like to know how much yours is worth? And you kind of really jump up an octave rather than I'm visiting a couple of neighbours tomorrow. I'd love to pop by and see how much your home would now achieve in the market. Also smiling like it's something that is so key. I mean, if I wanted to change my voice as a newsreader, you know, A man remains in a serious condition after being mowed down by a truck five kilometres southwest of Parramatta. And in other news, a bunny rabbit has hopped across the Easter show, delighting spectators. I'll be back with you shortly. It really changes your tone and your voice. Have above your computer, am I smiling? And can I deliver this conversation with more energy? Because it will change your outcome of your phone calls. Sean, one of the things that I think is really, really important is why agents don't make phone calls. And this is just my opinion, but for today's podcast, I broke them down into three. Number one is they don't know who to call. Number two is they don't know what to say. And number three is they're fearful of the other person on the line. I mean, it's a tough gig. Phone calls are hard you know like it was really funny the other day I had a guy from Qantas call me from Qantas Wines I think it was really sweet super nice human and I could tell he was nervous on the phone Hi, Ms. would you be interested in Sabin Long Bonk and I kind of was like whoa and I was like oh um look thanks so much for the call but I actually don't drink so probably not oh, there's a special range and I you can actually get it at a half price now. And I thought, you just actually didn't even listen to what I just said. Probably your worst customer. But sometimes, you know, you meet someone like me who's a little bit kind of okay, is going to be pleasant with you. But there's also that really disgruntled, you know, beep of a human that is going to make you, you feel not only bad about yourself, but make your day feel miserable. So... I wanted to really go through some steps because obviously it's something that you and your team would handle every single day, picking up the phone and someone being an absolute b poll to you. Tell me what are the steps for handling a disgruntled or a prick of a phone caller? I Amy, mean, you're 100% right. And I'd love to say it doesn't happen, but it just does. Um,
1: and a key, a key I guess, thing to think about is that they might just be having a bad day because often we'll have phone calls where we've seen previously in previous nights, we've had some really good communication with them. And then this time on the phone, it's not been that way. So I guess that's the first thing to say is to go into it and think, you know, could this person just be having a bad day Or is it that they hate our guts and we should never speak to them again? Um, But there are a couple of ways you can diffuse that call. uh, And things that we work with the team on are, the first one is never fight fire with fire. So never, ever let your ego get in the way because the whole goal here, and like I've said previously in the beginning of this, is the relationship. If we're fighting fire with fire, if we're coming back at them being abrasive or combative, all we're going to do is basically detriment the relationship and and just create more um, more anger or or whatever it is in that phone call so that's the first thing I'd say let go of your ego and never ever fight fire with fire the other thing is just be really nice it's so hard to be mean to a lovely person and that comes with the tonation as well that we were speaking about before the energy the enthusiasm if you're approaching a call and you're just genuinely being lovely and being nice, um, it's really hard for them to, to be nasty. And it could be a case that they've had four phone calls from a real estate agent today, or it could be that, you know, something terrible has happened in their life. So, um, we don't know, obviously, we can't pick and choose the best time to call them. And we have to acknowledge with every single phone call we make, nobody is sitting beside the phone waiting for us to call. Every call we make, we are interrupting their day. Whether it be they're sitting on the couch having a relax or whether they're in their workday or whether they're cooking tea for their kids, every call we make is an interruption. And we really have to be mindful of that when we make the call. And there's a couple of ways we can get around it as well. If it you know, starts to go really pear-shaped, I guess the first thing to think about is it is just a phone call. So if ever, um, and, you know, this would be obviously a last resort, but if ever you need to, you can hang up the phone. That's the first thing I'll say. We're not in um, heart surgery or anything like that, so it's not going to kill anybody if we, if we do need to terminate the phone call. Um, but before we get to that point, what we really want to do is just try and, I guess, talk them down and try and get out of it. So we want to apologize to them for disrupting them remember the because, remember why we called so we can say, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. I was just calling because. And then we want to try and get out of the call as soon as we can. One last thing I'll just add to that is if we have somebody that we've had some really good conversations with before and all of a sudden we jump onto them and they go, hey, I don't want to hear from you. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of hearing from agents. Take me off your list. Instead of losing that client and going, okay, no worries, we'll take you. We won't call you again. It's really a great tactic to try and say something like, you know, not a worry at all. Can I ask, is that because you're not interested in real estate at the moment? And if so, would it be okay if I called you with an update in, say, 6 or 12 months and just give you an update on the local area? And often they'll say, yeah, that's fine. Call me in 6 or 12 months because the pressure is off for them. They, They then know... They're going to call me in six months, give me an update about the area. But we haven't lost that contact as somebody that we can communicate to in the future. So that's a really great piece of script just to remember. And I guess keep in your arsenal for whenever that comes up.
0: I absolutely love it, Sean. And it's so funny. I mean, I think my clients would probably have a proper laugh at this, but they would know that I actually love being told to F off. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, I experience the same in digital prospecting or running campaigns online. There's always somebody that has had a bad experience with an agent or really just wants to be a nasty human. And I use exactly the same process. The first thing that I always do is I never, ever antagonize on an online forum or in any space. I always apologize for interrupting or disturbing their day is what I say and then I'll quickly say you know I, this has happened because you've actually clicked on my campaign um, but I wanted to wish you a wonderful evening or a wonderful day and if I can ever help you from a property perspective please don't hesitate to get in touch and I had one the other day where he went from telling me I was an effing blah 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 to blah 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 blah, blah. and i you know, I apologize for interrupting the day. And then the next morning I saw that my client had a message from him again. And I'm sure my client was just eating popcorn, going here he goes again. And he said, look, I'm so sorry. I had a really tough day my warehouse was flooded and my grandma's dying and she's 102. And, you know, I'm really sorry. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. That sounds like a really challenging time you're facing. And I really hope today is better for you. And I'm so sorry that you're going through that. If you ever just need someone to reach out to, you know, more than happy, I hope the day gets better for you. And it was so funny about, I think it was like three weeks later or something like that. I saw his name pop up in the, the obviously the contact list. And all it just said was, hey, unfortunately, granny has passed, but that means we have to sell her home. Um, Would you mind helping us with this question mark? Turn that person who's not necessarily happy to hear from you right now. Their circumstance can change at any given point or any given moment. And the real estate cycle is around seven years. They may not be in it right now, but that circumstance can change in any instant. And what I often find with some of the most elite agents I work with is that they never, ever get deterred by that person. They kind of get off the phone, they don't get affected by that person and they move straight on. So it's really, really great advice, Sean, that you're obviously giving. And with so many phone calls you make, it's it's so true. Always be nice and always care about that other person on the end of the line. Before we leave here, I guess one of the things is getting calls done and making sure you do them right. Because we always set up our intention for 100 calls a day or 50 calls a day. What do you do to keep the team motivated and what can they do to actually make their calls? Calls need to be the last thing that is
1: left undone they must must be done but if the calls undone your flow stops your in pipeline stops you stop getting your um, you stop building on that relationship and your new your next sellers are not being identified so that calls always have to get done and there's a i guess individually for what works for individual agents if something is working don't change it go with it uh, but i guess some key things that i've found really beneficial uh, and this is things that i did within my own business as well and I did believe it or not this was obviously some time ago but I did win awards at the time around databasing and that was probably the start of where all this came from and but one of the key things that I found was time blocking and I also loved getting my calls done in the morning so people will rave on and on about when the best time to call is for me the best time to call is when you get the call done we track calls obviously we call throughout the day all hours, we track connects, we track everything throughout the day. The difference in terms of connection rates and things varies so slightly that it's really not worth hanging your hat on. Uh, And to me, when we start to get down to things like, you know, I'm not free in the afternoons and that's the best time to call so the calls don't get done, it's just an excuse. So whenever works for you, like I say, for me, I love being productive in the mornings and getting those things done in the mornings is time to get it done. And it's, Again, when we're looking at it, what we we'll would do is look at your whole database, look at how many people you want to reach out to. And for us, typically we'd recommend speaking to your database at least once a quarter. And that's as a very bare minimum starting point. Um, so say for a thousand clients, for example, that's going to work out to I think it's 17 calls per day, 84 a week. So when you think about it like that, it is achievable. and that's. Um, I guess where I I sort of do start to have um, question marks around agents that say they don't have time to do it themselves. And to me, the bigger question is not, do you have time? Because I I would argue that you do um, most of the time. The bigger question is, What could your time be better spent doing if you weren't doing this? And that's where I think the game changer is. So the first thing I would say is your time could be better spent loving your pipeline, looking after your pipeline, nurturing them. You want to be all over them um, if you weren't doing the calls. And if you had, say, for example, outsourced it to a company like Client Collective, or if you had your assistant doing it or someone in-house or something like that, then, you know, there are other ways or that you could spend your time that's more dollar productive. Um, Keeping that cold or warm sort of database client nurtured and identifying leads out of that and looking after it, that is a task that you don't need to do. um, And you can be, you know, better time, better spent doing other things. Um, So yeah, anyhow, back to your question. I guess the point being time blocking is one thing. Another thing I love, and this is a bit of a random suggestion, but it worked for me and I really... um, got a lot of benefit out of this when I was selling is partnering up with somebody in the office and swapping calls and I don't know what you'll think that's the weirdest suggestion but for some reason taking it takes the pressure off when you're doing calls for somebody else so I don't know whether it's something about um, it's not you know you're calling on behalf of them you're looking as though you're part of their team Um, But for some reason, it just really made me feel less nervous around the calls. I don't know why I honestly have got no, I'm sure there's a a psychiatrist listening at some point that will think there's a problem going on. Um, But I think buddying up with somebody and yeah, like I say, you do their calls, they do yours. And you've also got an accountability partner as well. And they can keep you accountable to make sure the calls are happening because if they're doing yours, they want to make sure you're doing theirs.
0: Well, it's hilarious, right? But the truth is whenever we make a call, um, we constantly focus on the outcome. And one of obviously the incredible Matt Steinwade, who is probably one of the, like, the pinnacle of this industry, whenever we do prospecting and whatever I see him make calls or whenever I do social campaigns, he never looks at the outcome. He just looks at doing the task. And it's so funny because I think when... We look at what like we're trying to achieve something out of it and we want something out of it instantly we instantly focus on oh my god I hope I secure an appointment from this rather than it being somebody else's call so it's guys give it a try because that sounds truly remarkable Sean I can't thank you enough for joining me today it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show thank you so so much Oh, Amy, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, yeah, I'm so glad to be here. So thank you. So, Sean, if an agent has stuck through this entire podcast and is sitting there going, yeah, that's great, but I still don't want to do my calls, what is the best way that they can reach out to you and find out more about the client collective? There's a bunch of different ways to get us. We're on socials, uh, as you know. Um,
1: so they can reach out via socials. Otherwise, honestly, just pick up the phone and give me a call. Um, we can make sure that phone number's on here or, um, but yeah, and our website's clientcollective.com.au. So you can jump on the website as well.
0: That is amazing. Sean, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Media Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, we just learned how to absolutely dominate our marketplace through world-class phone calls. Till next time, take again.